Afternoon. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Right, A, this is far more civilised than your original idea about me going out on a shoot at 6am in the morning with you. Yes, I Damn, could... damn silly idea. That, that was foolish. Yes, I, I, I only stick to sunsets now. I can't be doing sunrises. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not for everybody. No, well, it's good to get you here because last time you bailed out with, uh, with illness. Yes, <laughs> I, had a, I had a bout of the... <laughs> Out of the plague. Yes. Um, Some people will do anything to get out of a podcast. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, this is um, Mr. Fryer, Trevor Fryer, one of our resident photographers and also chief putter-upper, if there's a drill involved, <laughs> which is your other, um, your other surname in the house. I can, I can drill a hole in a wall. Yes, true. far more successfully than I can, so that's good. Yes, it's, it doesn't say very much for you, I have to say. No, no, well, I, I've never professed to being good with a drill. <laughs> so, uh, resident photographer, you've been with us now for, for quite some time. I think it's, is it four years this yeah, year? Yeah, I think it? it's four years as well. Yes. I remember you wandering in one Saturday afternoon, you and uh, Mrs Fryer. Yes, and, I w- uh, wandered in, sort of pushed through the door by Mrs. Fryer. Right. Much, much like a small boy being taken down the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be glad to know I didn't look at your teeth. Hello, they look quite good from here. <laughs> so she did push, the, push me through the door, and as I, as I stood around wondering whether to, uh, to actually say hello, she, she bit the bullet and did so for me. And, and we're glad that she did, because we like your work. Oh, thank you very much. And it's been very successful. It's done all right, hasn't it? It has. So, for those that don't know, what kind of photography do you do? Uh, well, in the gallery, I'm very much known for landscape photography. Um, a lot of landscape photography of um, Little Hampton Seafront, Glimping Seafront, up on the downs. Yes. In the woods. Um, I'm also a studio portrait photographer which you did when we had beach road yes which was very successful it's sort of a little from time to time at the moment it's, it's a little more difficult uh, if you are looking for portraits you can book through us still because we have dove lodge don't we that you can do them we, in so we do have dove lodge yeah. we do have studio available so, so if you'd like some studio what kind of studio stuff could you produce well anything anything that's legal and <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a relief. And, and good for Dove Lodge, too. <laughs> Excellent. Anything that's suitable for council premises. Right. Um, so, But I, I t- usually we're talking about family portrait stuff. Um, so often people want photos with the, with the children for, especially in the last couple of years, of course, people have not been able to see no. family. People often like to have family photos send off to the grandparents um, or relatives abroad. Um, school photography is not as easy as it as it used to be. Some schools have not offered school photography um, as readily as in the past, so I can oh, do that. interesting. Yeah, so if you want to. Um, so you're the exception to the rule where you do work with children. Yeah, I, I a photographer yes. that does. Well done. And yes. about animals, how do you how do you fare well, on those? Children. <laughs> Supervised children, um, animals not so much. No. Um, partly because we probably we we should really um, look after the studio space. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yes. And of true. course, there are many very well trained 
animals, but even the best trained animals, you can't absolutely. Well, we're dog friendly, and every now and again we'll have that. Oh, I'm sorry, can we have a tissue? Our dogs don't know. Oh, right, okay. Well, yes, you might wipe it up. Lucy yeah. can get them up, yeah. and I'll get the disinfectant. Off we go. You do have a hard floor, which makes it easier. Yes. Um, so, yes, studio photography, uh, portrait photography, um, headshots, and the like for. for actor portfolios and, and oh yes you did one didn't you uh, just before Christmas about um, I did yes because yes. she was going off to be Cinderella wasn't she she was going off to be Cinderella at um, where was that down in Folkestone yes I believe she had a good run too yes um, I, I credit myself entirely <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in recent, more recent times um, I'm also a wedding Photographer, I offer wedding photography. Are we responsible for that? As well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that because I just, people go photographer and I just tag you and they went wedding? I went, oh, yes. Trevor can do that. Yes, you were, you, you were um, responsible for the initial forays into wedding photography. How'd you find it? Me. Being a photographer myself, I would go nowhere near it. I like people, don't like to manage people in I, that sense. I, I did say for a long time that. I probably didn't want to do wedding photography, but actually having done it, um, it's I enjoy it. Okay, um, which I suppose is half the battle. I don't think I would. I'd find yeah. it very stressful. I, th- I, I, if I'd found it a, a, a chore, I wouldn't do it again. Okay, because um, there's, there's there's just no point doing stuff that you don't you don't enjoy, if 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 you don't have to do it. Um, but no, I I enjoy it. Um, they've gone very well so far excellent so if you are getting married we know a photographer as well yeah there's two places you can go for information on, on that obviously come in to, to see Mike here who will feed the lead through to to me um, there's also lots of information about wedding photography on my website if I can give that a plug for a moment well I think you should it's cunningly because um, I, I won't remember to put it in the details of the podcast <laughs> so if you don't do it now no one will know well it's 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 a very cunning address, it's trevorfriar.com, very straightforward, um, and there's a whole bunch of information there um, under the heading of wedding, wedding photography, um, so you can find all kinds of information about my packages on there, um, and information about wedding albums, engagement shoots, so I offer engagement shoots to, to people Ah. separate to wedding photography packages ah, okay. because engagement shoots are a good way for a couple to actually get to know a photographer yes they cost but you're going to say get to know cost. each other then yeah but, <laughs> but you can do an engagement shoot and if you find you just don't like me then there is not I obli- find that jolly hard to believe well you never know you catch <laughs> me on a bad day but there's not an obligation to book a wedding shoot off of that necessarily well we'll we'll, we'll come back to the landscape photography in a bit because i suspect most of it will be centered around that what kind of fancy equipment do you wander around with (laughs) well i currently wander around with a sony mirrorless camera um which is a wonderful piece of piece of kit but in all honesty the, the kit really doesn't matter a it doesn't. No. It doesn't make the greatest difference. It's like um, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because there are those photographers that have certain types of equipment, and they are very technically minded. 
so it's what the camera can do and there are the other photographers that are very aesthetically minded and it's what you produce so it doesn't really matter how good the equipment is if you can see the shot then generally that's what you aim for now I'm definitely more towards the aesthetic and capturing the shot than I am towards the technical know-how I don't care what camera I've got so long as I can take the photo with it no I mean at, at the end of the day what what people will notice in a photo far more is light and composition which has got nothing to do with the equipment that you're pointing at the at the scene in front no. of you what um, what a more expensive camera tends to give you is is functionality which is again is of no interest to, the, to anybody who comes into the gallery no but it is there are functions and features that are that a modern camera will provide to the photographer which makes certain things easier to do when you're standing balancing on a on a rock as the tide and yes I was and and have you done that much yes yes me too I did in New Zealand and my mate Steve said oh you want to watch out the tide's coming and then realize I had to hop back to the beach with said camera above my head and trying to avoid the jellyfish thanks Steve bit of information you could have given me before I'd wandered out that would have been yeah that would have been useful there tends not to be too many dangerous things that come floating in (laughs) off off of Little Hampton no I'm I'm glad to hear it I've certainly found plenty of times that it takes quite a small wave to overwhelm your Wellington boots (laughs) so you go out in Wellington boots now there's an image that we have in the winter Yes. yes, I don't tend to stand there in, in summer Wellington boots and shorts because I don't think that's a particularly good look. But but in the middle of winter, you do need a pair of Wellington boots if you're gonna if you want to get anywhere near the sea to do photography. So you mentioned sea and and countryside. Which which aspect of the landscapes do you prefer most? Oh, I, I'd love it all. Um, I think I I tend to end up at the beach. It's, it's it's a wonderful fallback is the beach having the having yes. the sea near you um, because it's so so near um, if I look out the window late on in an afternoon and think well that looks nice out there it's ten minutes for me to get down to the to the seafront and mm. point the camera at the sunset um, if I'm planning a shoot um, do you t- find planning landscapes tricky yes how do you go about that because I, I, I don't well often yeah often planning landscapes it, it can be a bad thing to try and do because you end up there are so many apps now to tell you when it's gonna or to tell you when there's a better chance of it being misty or mm. um, you know those those better conditions, or when there's going to be a clear sky. Um, that often the more planning you do, the less likely it is that you might actually go out. Um, I often, unless I'm travelling any kind of distance, then I tend not to plan. I tend just to go out. Yeah. Places, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get up before sunrise and drive forty five minutes to an hour away, then I at least like to know that the sun's going to be out. <laughs> yeah. um, and does that have to not, Have you had an opportunity where it's not? That's not happened, or have you always got it pretty much spot on? No, the apps will quite often let you down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, 
you know, they increase the probabilities, um, increase your percentages. They nothing. It's 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 the British weather. Nothing gives you no certainty. So I mean, you know, in landscape photography, the two things you're hoping for are the right conditions on the ground, if you like. So at the moment, it's bluebell season. Yes. And um, how do so you fare photographing bluebells? No, I must say, not my favourite. I've always found them a struggle hmm. until until this year. Okay. I don't think I've never taken a bluebell photo that I've thought yes that's that's nailed it hmm. um, quite often bluebells taking photos of bluebells and making them the subject of the photo often doesn't work strangely enough no they're often better as a background or part of a composition um, so this year I'm sure coming to a gallery in near you will be a bluebell photo from <laughs> excellent um, well we look forward to that so I've yeah. seen a few of them actually they're good the way, where have you aimed yeah. for I, I because most of every other year I've always ended up at Angering Woods which yes. are, and they're brilliant um, but I wanted to go somewhere different because Angering Woods well I've done it um, but also you know it's flat it's all beech trees standing up perpendicular yes. mm. um, and there's, there's a, a limited number of shots that you can get so I went further afield up to um, a place called Ebono Common which is up Petworth way okay I'm glad you said that because until that point <laughs> I had no idea where you were well it was and, it, and it's a wonderful bit of woodland because the, the land goes up and down it's got little streams running through it it's ancient woodlands uh, oh. twisty oak trees lovely um, and um, so it, it lends itself to something a little bit different and you can stand there for the dawn chorus listening to nightingales and as well so what's not to do you enjoy the morning photography more than the evening because you often go out quite a lot in the morning I've noticed yeah I think um, I probably go out a lot more in the evening but I do prefer Sunrise. The problem with going out in the evening, of course, is you end up getting me coming to tag along. <laughs> How we just go and take photos of sticky uppy things? Yes, you end up with a, yes sticky uppy things down the beach. Yes, um, but I think I mean quite apart from bump, possibly bumping into you, there are more people about at sunset than there are at sunrise. And if you don't want people in your photos, um, I'm I'm not desperate to avoid people in photos some landscape photographers are yes you've uh, yeah. a photo with a person in it at all where i kind of uh, probably go the other way actually I, I like people in my photos but yeah. normally backs of people yeah it tends to be it depends on what on what the shot is you know a, a photo in the bluebell woods of bluebells i don't really want somebody's head peering around a no. A tree, but it might you know, look like something. Yeah, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah, but you can, <laughs> but you can quite easily, you know, if you've got a photo of a winding path disappearing into a woodland, and you've got a person in the distance, then that can be very nice. So, mm. um, but sunrise, there's something about being out for sunrise and and the sun coming up, that whole dawn of a new day thing. Um, it's quite. It's quite mesmerising, even if the sun itself 
ends up mired behind some cloud. Um, but I definitely do more sunset and sunrise because it's certainly as you know, as we get to this time of year, because it's a heck of a lot easier to go out at eight o'clock in the evening than it is at four o'clock in the morning. One of the things that draws me to your photography is that it's very colourful. Very rarely do we have anything from you that's that's black and white. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't tend to. I, I have had some black and white images down here. Yes. I don't. I can't recall any of them selling, but then they haven't been haven't been down here for long, and I haven't no. brought them down here. I, I don't know whether that's because the photos that I take don't necessarily lend themselves to being black and white. Um, I don't. I think because I'm photographing a lot of the time sunrise and sunset, you know, a large part of that is colour. Um, and I don't think I take photos that... I said there's the occasional lone tree photo, perhaps, mm. but which would work. Um, in black and white, but otherwise, I don't, I don't think that there's a lot that I do that I think I'm going to stick that in black and white. It probably means... If I turn it into black and white, it probably means I didn't know what to do with it when I was processing <laughs> it, to be honest. Or it was just a very, very dull day. Yes. Uh, what was the first photograph that you sold with us? I, I have an idea what this might be, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I was going to look at you and answer that question with a, with a raised eyebrow, hoping you'd... No, I, I, it was either an Arundel Castle or it was a gate. I was going to go with the gate because wasn't that your January Blues competition? I think it was, yeah. Yes. Um, I think the gate became became before Arundel. I think. I think so, and I think that, and I took that the previous summer, uh, actually out on a workshop with a with a, a more professional landscape photographer, even more professional, um, and while the rest of the group were wandering off trying looking for a composition somewhere I just stood by this gate um, waiting for the for the um, for the sun to disappear behind the cloud or it wasn't just for a breather then no <laughs> no it would be now but in those days I could actually walk up a hill without needing a defibrillator as we're talking about Arundel I would say that's more than likely your most successful image with us Probably only just the that or yeah. the Klimping Beach, I guess. Would that it, be fair? I think they're neck and neck, absolutely neck and neck to to the extent that you know one might sell. Um, you, know, you might sell a couple of one, and then and then the other one will sell a couple. Um, but they're not. Um, it's not got to the extent where one has been a large, a long distance in the lead. No, if you like. In front of the other one, but yeah, definitely Klimping and, and Arundel are the two most popular. Are there both uh, of which are here at the minute? They are. I like the new Klimping Beach. Actually, do you want to describe that one to us? The for new those, for, for, Beach. for those of them that, that that aren't looking at a screen at the moment. Well, yes. Well, it's quite similar to the old Klimping Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I mean, the um, Klimping Beach is is a great location around these parts because it's not just beach um, it's got all these wonderful old wooden structures 
um, I think it would be ambitious to call them sea defences at this stage. They just stand there and, and bits fall off every time the tide comes in, I think. Um, but there's a lot of... I'd say West Pier is more sturdier than those grinds. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you're probably right. Um, but So Climping Beach has a lot of features on it, quite apart from having plenty of sand. Um, and... Um, if you um, if you get the right sunset um, and you get the right tide, there's you can come away with dozens of of shots at, at climping. Um, so that that new one is um, it's just timed right where the sun is just disappearing behind one of those wooden sea defences, um, which means that I can come up with my trademark little. There we go. Sun star. <laughs> there we in go. There. Oh, that was one of my questions. That what did that come out of anything, or did you just think this works? I think the, f- I think the first time it, I did it, it might have been accidental. I'm not sure. I honestly can't remember the first. The first time it, it appeared. There, there is a technical way that you can, make these things happen. They're not in post production. It is a question of, having the camera set up right, and it's just a function of the sun's rays being bent around the 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 um the aperture in the lens of your camera and it just scatters the light just right so that you get a a sun star effect which I'll demonstrate with my hands for the listener which I just which I just did then completely pointless um but it's I I try not to overdo it and have it in everything that I that I do um I certainly don't, I don't we certainly don't see it as much as we used to I know that I think that, that might be because I'm trying to take photos of perhaps different things. I think I've moved away. I don't get down the beach as, as much, perhaps. No. Um, and beach photography is is one sub-genre of landscape photography where it really lends itself. Mm. Um, but I, I guess I'm probably trying to photograph slightly different stuff. We had quite an interesting walk along climping didn't we during lockdown me you and pete <laughs> me you and mr beale yes it yes. sounds like the title of a film <laughs> and what a great film it would be too yeah uh, and that was possibly the most dreary day that we possibly could have had wouldn't it probably the only day in lockdown where there was mist gray and rain that was yeah that was definitely misty cold i can't even remember what time of year it was but if <sighs> well it was during the lockdown where we had to be apart because we were walking apart like the good, bad, and the ugly, with about <laughs> with about twenty twenty yards between us. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely cold. I know that. Yes. And, and you couldn't see more than about thirty yards out to sea, um, but that that was interesting to see the um, the different shots that we all ended up with. And yeah. What we, what we. I think that's the thing as well. We we have a lot of photographers in here and we did the photography thing in February where we turned the whole place except for residents into photography and it was surprising a how much photography sold but also the fact that there were probably about 15 photographers in here and every single one of them had something different even if they were photographing the beach here yeah everyone's take on it was just so different Yes, and we and and we sort of remarked on that. I, I think when um, 
when myself and Pete had the, the joint show down at Beach Road, yes. which unfortunately not many people could get in to see because it was during the first it was the, it was the first week of lockdown, wasn't it? It was the second one, pretty much, yeah. And um, so superficially, me and Pete both go out, and oh, sorry, Pete and I both go out. And I'm not editing that. I'm just going to stay as it is. <laughs> so all oh, self-edited. Um, so superficially, we both go out and point our cameras at a lot of the same stuff, but definitely come back with different looking photos whether we point the camera at a slightly different viewpoint or we post process slightly differently but you know everybody has different eye and brain and mm. and you see different things and then you try and portray it in a, a different way and the eye is the important thing i used to teach photography and you know you again going back to the whole technical aesthetic you can teach the technical aspects you can't teach the eye you either see it or you don't yeah, although there's, there's an in, that brings on an interesting <laughs> debate about whether you can actually improve your photographic eye. And I think definitely um, there's a, there is a natural talent kind of yes. thing. There, there is a natural element to, to seeing stuff. But I think you can improve your, your photographic eye by working at it and looking at stuff and it's just for look largely it's about trying to look for something different um, from what you first see when you arrive on a on a location sometimes after bagging the obvious shot it's worth just standing there yes. um, people have different techniques for doing it you know there's a photographer called Nigel Danson who always when he arrives on on um, location um gets an apple out of his bag and eats an apple before he gets the camera out of his bag. <laughs> okay, just to stand interesting there. routine. Yeah, just to stand there and look at stuff um, without the pressure of trying to find a photo. Um, you can, there's often times where you can get quite, um, I think it's the photographer's equivalent. I, th I think they call it summit crazy for mountaineers, where the last bit of the climb they just almost sprint up, regardless right. of conditions uh, uh, at all. I think you can get that with with certainly landscape photography, that you can be in a rush to tr you know it's misty, or there's snow, or the lights disappearing, um, and this moment of damn, I've, I've got to I've got to photograph something, but actually you can. You can usually wait five minutes. Yeah. Just look for something different. You mentioned about post-production. Do you do much? Or are you very much a, a camera-orientated person to do the work? Um, it varies according to the, to the shot. Okay. Well, at the end of the day, um, there are some... There are some where I do a great deal more than... Than I do on others, but not. I don't think I do a great deal on. On any photos, really, beyond. Um, just adjusting contrast and. A little bit of, of color, perhaps. Um, but it. There's not really a. A huge amount that I tend. To do. There are sometimes. 
when you get a photo that you think this will lend itself to a particular kind of post processing mm -hmm. um, which which is a bit more involved um, but I think the trick with post processing is that if somebody post processing is that if somebody comes in to, and sees the photo on the wall they don't see the post processing they see no. the, they see the image um, it can go too far well sure you like like me often see photos on in various Facebook groups of <laughs> yes. wonderful sunsets and fantastic skies and and you just think well, that's not, that's not what it looked like. No. And if people want to do that and people like it, I'm I'm not not at all snobby about if that's your thing and that's what you like doing and, and if that's what people like looking at, what absolutely no problem. Um but I prefer my stuff to my images to look, to represent what I saw. Yes. And there's a certain amount of artistic license in that sometimes I want them to represent what I felt. Um, sometimes you probably process it a bit more to try and make it look like how you really wanted it to yes. look and it didn't actually look like that when you when you got there but there's a limit to what you can do without making it look false false to my eyes yeah do you use photoshop lightroom or combination of both i use i use lightroom um and at this point it's probably worth a small aside about what post-processing is really because anybody who says that they don't post-process their photos um, is slightly wrong because at the end of the or, or if they say none of their photos are post-processed what they mean is that they don't go and do it themselves anybody who settles for the photo that comes out of their camera um, is settling for the post-processing that Sony or Nikon or Canon or Fuji, whoever, have set up in the, in the camera. Show sure, we're not sponsored by all those. No, it's a that shame, would be used quite easy, wouldn't it? No, but if <laughs> any of those manufacturers or any others would like to sponsor me, or <laughs> the gallery, or the gallery um, then then let's talk. But um, I think yeah. So all of those, you know, any piece of photographic equipment applies a degree of post processing. To the, to the file in camera. Um, I suppose when we talk about actual post-processing, what we're talking about is after it's come out of the camera. Yes. Um, but actually, if you use Lightroom, what you, the file that you start with in Lightroom is not processed by the camera's um, own internal post-processing gadgetry. So it's, it's actually called a raw file. Mm -hmm. um, and it is if you looked at a raw file that comes straight out of the camera um, they're often very flat they lack contrast and colour etc etc um, so they all need post processing um, so I suppose I try not to post process my images any more than than a camera would yes that's but, very much me, because I, mm. I don't use any software packages. No, but what mm. I'm doing is choosing 
exactly how to. So I, I prefer not to have the saturation, you know, the color tones exactly as, as Sony think they should be. No. Um, and I might like more contrast. I might like less contrast that comes out of the camera, depending on what the, what the scene is. I'm very lazy, which is one of the reasons I don't use anything like Photoshop or Lightroom, because I just can't be bothered to learn it. Well, I'm sure perhaps it's just that your natural talent is such that it doesn't need... You're not getting another coffee for free. Okay, doke. <laughs> All right. You're lazy. All right. Thank you. Uh, when did you take your first photograph? Oh, I no idea. The did it start when you were younger, or is it something you came to later in life? The first one I can remember taking um, was a picture of my mum and dad, and I think it was a, on a day out at, at Bird World. Did they have their heads in shot? Their heads were in shot. Well done. Um, and good to know if you're a wedding photographer that heads <laughs> will be included <laughs> uh, so that was that was back in the day of everything was film photography mm. um, and I remember when and uh, I remember going to collect the developed photos from Spa which was jolly exciting those it times it was exciting and you had to wait yeah and it was at the local Spa and um, <laughs> that's just, our local, our local spa didn't do that. We had to send ours off, but yeah. you know we lived in Wales, so there you go. <laughs> I should, I should um, clarify that that's the um, that's the shop spa, not the local health spa. <laughs> um, and uh, it was commented on what a lovely photo it was. Oh really? I remember the time. Um, so that's the first one I can I can remember, and probably everything else for a while after that would have been photos of various bits of aeroplanes at air shows um, we all go through it yeah they weren't intended to be various bits of aeroplanes but they traction they engines for me my grandfather used to take us to uh, traction engine shows so yeah I had thousands upon thousands of traction engines and, and again bits of them all of them can I get them all in the shot can I get bits of them in the shot yeah it's, it's quite interesting but presumably you didn't miss bits of them because they were moving too fast. Well, <laughs> no, 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 I could keep up. <laughs> that's, that, that's good. Yes. Uh, Have you studied photography or did you learn it all yourself? Um, no, entirely, entirely learnt it all myself and I probably learnt more recently through the wonders of, of YouTube, of course. Mm-hmm. Which has a, an instructional video for just about everything for absolutely everything and things that you probably wouldn't even believe have got instructions. Well, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but um, I try not to. I, I try to take just ideas or, or nuggets, mm. or is it kernels, from <laughs> from um, from those instructional things on on YouTube um, and actually I prefer I often prefer watching photography videos on YouTube which are less about the technical than they are about the the artistic or the other stuff that goes with you're definitely more of a more of an artistic photographer than a technical photographer I would I would guess well that's certainly what I would what I aspire to yes um, Photography is, is this. I was going to say it's a, 
an unusual art in that it does have the technical aspect, but then what what art doesn't have a technical aspect? Yes, I would um, agree with that. I mean, it's the it's yeah. the central debate, isn't it? Is photography and art? Or, yeah. Well, yes, it is, and so is filmmaking. Yeah. I'm a bit biased because that's that's my background, but still, yes, it is. And you know, if if somebody wants to argue that Citizen Kane isn't art, then then good luck. Yes. Um, but don't come around these parts. No, don't come. Around, no, definitely not. But um, you know, the difference with photography, of course, is that the camera is is a very technical piece of equipment. But but you shouldn't be you shouldn't be slave to it, and that's you know coming back to you know modern cameras with all their technology and cost. Hmm. Really, I, at the end of the day, what they're giving you is functions and. And, and elements that make it easier to use them in certain ways, but you know, if if somebody took a photo with a with a fifty pound second hand camera um, and then went out and tried to recreate the same photo with a five thousand pound camera, I'm pretty sure that the second photo wouldn't be a hundred times better than the no. than the fifty pound photo. No. And and a bit like the whole film versus digital as well. You know, if I still had the time, I would still do film, and develop my own own stuff and all the rest of it. But digital does allow you to to be creative quicker. Um, but actually, black and white digital can be quite clean and almost too clean. Where black and white on film has that grain to it, and it looks a little bit more realistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the digital thing does enable us to do things in post-processing certainly that we, that we didn't used to be able to do as there was a surprising amount of post-processing that could be done with film yes um, it's just that people like Ansel Adams who's very famous for his black and white landscape photography mm, absolutely um, but, a, but a lot of his black and white landscape photography is um, and the, the aesthetics of it can be attributed to the days that he spent in in the darkroom dodging mm. and burning, making you know, increasing the contrast in the in the images. Absolutely. Um, now we can do that in in less than a minute. Yes, which is quite <laughs> scary as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So landscapes, portraits, wedding photography, all things that you do at the moment. Are there any genres you'd like to step into? Anything you'd like to, to do that you haven't done as yet? Uh, honestly, at the moment, I don't think so. No, no. I think when you've got when you've got landscape photography and studio and portrait and and wedding photography, I think that's enough to be getting yeah, on with. True. I think um, I have said before that I'd like to be good at street photography. Yeah, that's one of my things, as you yeah. know. And I've I've tried it more. Um, but do find, why do you find it difficult? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know. There might be an element of not feeling comfortable being out on the streets with yes camera equipment. Um, often getting photos of of people. Um, yes, it's interesting um, that because when I did the Barcelona back streets, I had I had some people that were 
were happy to be photographed and almost almost posed, which was too far. Mm. And then others that, that shied away, and actually the ones that shied away that covered their faces with hair or looked the other way were probably far more interesting yeah. than those that were trying to like, oh, well, photograph me. Yeah. I think the, the, the best street photography is taken close up with a wider angle lens, which means that you've got to be... You've, got to be close to people whereas naturally probably it's my personality means that I would probably be standing behind a corner somewhere with a long lens <laughs> trying to look that's as very voyeuristic of you which, yeah which Hitchcock would be proud it was, and it's actually counterproductive because no matter how the more you try to hide with a long lens the more obvious you are to <laughs> to the people that you're trying to photograph candidly, uh, and so it just doesn't it just doesn't work. So I'm I'm pretty happy with the blend of genres that I do at the minute. Um, so when I go out and take photographs, I unless I'm with Lucy, I generally have my headphones on. And somebody once came into an exhibition that I was doing with my friend, and said, "Oh, I can, I don't know you, but I can tell what your photos are." And I can tell his photos. I said, oh, why is that? And he goes, well, his photographs are all very bright and colourful. And yours are all very dark and depressing. <laughs> and they've quickly followed it with, oh, but in a good way. I went, all right. <laughs> so I often find the music reflects quite a lot on me. And what, I, what, I'm, what I'm listening to helps me take photographs or puts me in the mood that I'm looking for. Do you have anything that aids you? Or are you very much no music in, in all that you do? Uh yeah, definitely the latter. I mean, which, wedding and studio photography, I think it would be frowned upon if I was standing there with, with headphones on. True. Um, landscape photography is often more relevant to the question. Um, no, I mean, part of, the, part of the enjoyment of landscape photography for me is actually being out there and experiencing the landscape. And so, it to me, it would be self-defeating if I if I closed off one of the one of the sensations of being out there which is the sound of mm. what's around you um, whether it's the you know not trying to be poetic and I'll demonstrate that I'm not being poetic by saying you know whether it's the, the surf on the beach or the wind through the the leaves in the trees I think um to close, close that out by sticking headphones on wouldn't wouldn't work for me. Plus, I'm you know, I've also been at various points in my life a bird watcher as well, um, and a nature watcher. Uh, um, and part of that, the fun of that, is the listening yes. as well. So I just like to experience the whole, the whole landscape thing, whether it would affect my photography if I were listening to music as I was doing it I don't know I haven't tried it no that's interesting certainly the picture that he was looking at and talking about I was I know that I was listening to Radiohead at the time well so that, that, I was just like oh well he's got that right yeah that would that lends itself to a certain amount of gloom so. yes so, so from all the photographs that you've taken uh, which one do you like most and is it one that you like most because it's sold a lot, or is it just one that you like most because it's the thing that you were after to capture? Yeah, I think I think for a long time I would have said that the Klimping one 
yes. the Climping one that has sold very well. Um, having said that, I wouldn't have when I took it. I wouldn't have thought it would turn out to be a favourite or a, or particularly successful. Um, Are you surprised just, with the photographs that have been successful? Um, I don't think I'm ever. I don't think I'm ever surprised. And sounds big headed, but what I mean is, I'm not surprised by what is successful. Um, and what um, and what isn't successful because it's such a subjective thing. Um, it's very easy to be disappointed when you think you've taken um, your your greatest photo yet because it was sunrise and there was a cloud inversion and you were above the clouds and you got bits of hills sticking out above the. The, the cloud and then the, the rising sun has lit the cloud and the sun and it's hit some fields as well and you think oh what a wonderful photo this is and then you, you, you frame it up and bring it down here and, and nobody buys it um, but at the end of the day it doesn't matter um, it is quite surprising so you, that isn't it yeah but I think that's I think it's important um, and it's something I try not to do. It's important, I think, not to try and just chase sales. Yes. Or Instagram likes in particular, mm. or Facebook likes. Well, it's quite interesting as well. I mean, obviously, I put put stuff out there on on social media, and quite often, some of the ones that do particularly well on social media, they do come into the gallery as as prints, and they don't sell at all. And then ones that mm. don't do particularly well do sell. So it's never a it's never a given sign of oh that's 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 the million pound shot that's the one. No, well I mean the thing about Instagram and, and Facebook is that the people who like stuff on Instagram and Facebook are not necessarily the people who might want to buy no stuff. A lot of the Instagram people are are artists themselves in some shape or form as well, aren't they? Yes. Um, so you know, likes are nice, but it's not really it's not real stuff. And to an extent, <laughs> not the right thing to say here, but to an extent, sales are you know that it's nice. Um, but I don't do landscape photography for no. sales. That's not the motivation for doing it. And I think you fall place. into a trap if you try. Yeah, because you're not looking you're not looking at the landscape in front of you with if, if you're looking at it with a commercial eye yes if you're looking at it thinking well this is a yes, this is a winner absolutely then I think you know if you want to take photos of stuff guaranteed sales then there are other genres of photography that come with certificates mm. and I mean age certificates that are probably better worth getting into um, but landscape photography if if Success of landscape photography, I don't think, is judged by by sales. No, no, and I and, and I did go through a stage where it was, will that sell? Will that not sell? And then I suddenly realised actually, stop thinking like that. Yeah. Just go back to the art of what you do, and hence the Barcelona Backstreet Project. I don't expect that to all sell, 
some of it people will find fascinating because of the subject matter some of it people will find it fascinating because of of the atmospheres created and they'll want it for their wall because they've been there others won't care yeah so. yeah i mean that's that is the thing at the end of the day you don't when people come in and you know or when look people look at your your work they don't care well, some some might, but most are not necessarily interested in what your motivation was for the photo or whether it was part of a, a project or what you were trying to achieve with the image or whether you think it's one of your better ones. No. They, they will make a judgment in seconds. Um, it's that emotional attachment, isn't it? Yeah. If there's that emotive feeling, then that quite often is enough that's off yeah and that's often the the number one criteria probably for a successful image is does it create any kind of emotional reaction yeah in people so if if young young Mr. Fryer walked in through the door what advice would you give give him for his photography well, I'd tell him to pick up the camera and go outside and stop listening to this. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say get out there more often with the camera. Um, and it doesn't matter what the camera is. And just go out there and take photos. Because the best, the best way to learn photography to get out there and take photos rather than reading books and watching YouTube videos. Absolutely, I agree with that. And, and actually, the most enjoyable bit of photography surely is taking photos. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the best bit of landscape photography is standing there in, in a field at four o'clock in the morning you're on your own on waiting that one, but okay. <laughs> waiting for the sun to appear, um, and thinking, yes, this is this is going to work, or you know, sometimes you just stand there and think, well, this thing is going to work for a photo, but crikey, it's nice out here. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's been good to chat. Yes, thank you very much indeed. And and, and you've been our second artist. Finally, got round to another artist interview. So that's been rather marvellous um, right you can uh, catch the podcast obviously in all the different formats that uh, that you can and we'll be posting lots of photographs of Trevor's up on uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, as we always do and you'll find his work on the website too uh, because he is one of our resident artists thank you very much for listening and thank you very much thank you and goodbye <laughs>